Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefni Early and you are listening to episode 45 of the series. Today we are in focus on Manor Hamilton and we look at the new town development plan plus a number of other projects in the town including the revival of the castle and the current status of the proposed Greenway project from Sligo across North Leitrim and on to Fermanagh. Today's show is brought to you in association with Drumkieran Community Family Festival, which runs from Friday the 16th of August to Sunday week the 25th of August. We'll have a little bit more about what's going on in the festival later in the show. I sat down with Phelan Gurn to discuss Manor Hamilton and the future of the town. I'm joined now by Councillor Phelan Gurn of Manor Hamilton, to talk about the new plan for the town that was on the front page of the Leitrim Observer last week. Phil, and welcome back to the programme. Thanks, uh, Brefney, and thanks to the listeners. Uh, I suppose, really, this is a plan that's been in the pipeline for the last three, four years. There's been Reds teams set up in Carrick, Banlamore, and Manorhampton. So Can you explain Reds to me, because I'm not quite sure what that rural is. Rural Economic Development Zones. So, it was the look at the potential of, it's like a pyramid scheme to develop, like Carrick first, then it's like Banlamore, Manor Hamilton. Then it's Drumshambo, Kinlaw, Drumahair. And that's the pyramid scheme of, of developing the towns. And this was for uh, to identify and put supports in place that there was funding to be got through Minister Rings Department and for the development of these towns. So in Manor Hamilton, we came together as a group from different sections. I was on this, not as a councillor, I was on this from Hamilton's Castle here on that and through the business forum and that we identified Manor Hamilton what would we look at for funding. So there was a town plan was put together and they brought in consultants. So we identified a few key areas what what we would do. So we identified trying to do something with our main street because main streets a lot of businesses and a lot of things are closing up. So we identified the market square area to make it more kind of pedestrianised and that section and to give in town enhancement and new lighting on the on the main street. So then we identified the lack of car parking space. So we were lucky enough that the council bought what used to be an old priest house and a substantial garden there. So that was put in as well for a town car park, for 28 car park spaces there and the existing 16 in the courthouse. So then we looked at doing something as you come in there on the Carrick side from the comprehensive, the actual old bray as we call it, right? To make that more attractive as a space. And then we identified Overworld, very, very lucky in Manor Hamilton, out of a population of roughly 1,600 people, we have 1,100 jobs. So we identified over where Miranda and MCI is, that that is our industrial zone in Manor Hamilton. So if you want to set up a new factory or whatever, we identified an area there that's 13 acres. So we identified to get a road access into that, like what you have in Carrick or you have in Finniskill and Sligo, to make that the industrial area in Manor Hamilton. That's really what we identified on this plan. What is the current state of of the town? Like you mentioned, 60, uh, 1,600 people, but 1,100 jobs. That's a pretty healthy environment. While we have, that's what I'm saying, Manor Hamlet is exceptional that there's a lot of towns in Ireland wouldn't have that, and um, we're very, very lucky. We have a couple of major employers. Everybody knows Manor Hamlet was always the HSE headquarters. We still have a lot of HSE jobs now that might be different, different things with pensions and different uh, things within the HSE realm. But we have Our Lady's Hospital, we've Ornest Brefney, we have MCI, which has 220 odd jobs. 
which has a manufacturing plant in China and one in Mexico, and yet Manor Hamilton is the most profitable that they have. The little pivot, I was talking to a guy this morning, the little pivot that's in your mirror, that's in every car in the world, that's made in Manor Hamilton. Down the road, will that still be there when you think of, um, you know, self-drive cars, when you think, will there be mirrors in cars, will there be screens in cars, that's another day's work. But at the minute, we have 220 to maybe 250 jobs there alone. Then you have Miranda, which Oliver Hazard is a very successful businessman that's exporting to all countries all over the world. And then we have Metal, and then we have Coils Melvin Plastics. It's been here for the, odd, the whole factory's here roughly over here 30 odd years or 40 years, um, MCI. So we've, I have them jobs, but then there was the earmark say here, listen, that if you want to come back here and you had an idea, where do you go? Because Manor Hampton and more than other areas, there's flood zones in different areas. So we identified this space in behind Miranda that was 13 acres. It could be opened up to build new factory units or whatever, or, or, or small little um, units down the road. So you had to get then access into it. So that's what this plan is about. So our plan for Manor Hampton ticks. We're very unique in one situation that our plan uh, details everything like tourism potential here where we are today up here in Hamilton's Castle for the town we identified that as bringing tourist numbers into Manor Hamilton why would you come to Manor Hamilton where we have a lot of history a lot of heritage so that was identified here so with that we have a tourism product we have manufacturing that jobs will be created and then we're talking about doing a public realm space so we're talking about trying to do something with our main street now everybody knows that main streets in Ireland and and everywhere is, is dying of death. And how do you bring back, that's a big plan for me as a county councillor, how do you bring back little small businesses onto our main streets and make them viable? One thing that I would be saying is, that, and the council's got to look at this, because if a business closes, it's rates and it's an income that's gone. So really got to try and identify, and everybody knows about the cost and trying to compete with Amazon and, and people shopping online that you've got to try and identify like a little niche market that you have, a small little shop unit or something that, listen, I, I can't tell you offhand what will work and what won't work, but we've got to go back to the way Ireland was, 60s and 70s, that you had a little business there and you had, say, one or two staff, that it's a little niche market that you have, that people have come back and do shop. Like if you look at Amazon, Amazon started off selling books, they went online and they said that'll be the end of the uh, book industry. But what's happened is now is Amazon has turned around and they've actually opened physical bookshops. It's to identify what will work and what won't work, right? And they try and offer incentives from the council level, from every sort of level, the supports through Leo, uh, Leithrum Enterprise, and to identify and staff training. The setting up of a little business to make uh, entrepreneurs out of another generation and say, "Her, listen, I want to open a business. I want to be self-employed." But at the same point in time, we have to be realistic here. You have to be able to make a living out of it. In terms of yourself, your own situation, you also own a business on the main street in Manor Hamilton. How is business in general in the town? Not necessarily specifically your own business, but how is business in the town generally? Well, business, to be honest with you, this has been a really tough year because we're here banging in the middle of Brexit. I suppose here. We're lucky we're in the middle here between Sligo and Enniskillen and I suppose between Carrick and Mundordan. But I suppose if you look at us as towns of footfalls, you see the way Carrick has gone in the last 15, 20 years as a real tourism hub with stags and hens, 
now you see the emphasis and from Shambo with the blue way how that has changed dramatically with the investment that's went in there and with a couple of festivals there or whatever and Drumshambo Gin that Drumshambo's really taken off down in North Leeds and we really haven't taken off we really haven't the footfall and that's why the project that you know I'm deeply uh, trying to push is the SLNCR the Greenway the change the economic uh, development and tourism structure in the, in the, in this area with that um, I think that that would really be a benefit to the area that it would create jobs and footfall you're asking me about business I suppose really I have a pub with the drink driving legislation has really really hit our, our business and I suppose now you see on small towns in Ireland pubs close Monday Tuesdays Wednesdays listen the whole problem with this is that a law is brought in which is fine debt rates unfortunately are still going up you know with accidents and everything else so it's not just about drink it's about drugs and everything else that's there as well but i mean if you really want to legislate this you've got to bring in first of all a rural bus link or a bus service that will get people to leave their cars at home you small towns in ireland here and it's and it's rapidly known that that you have no taxi service available I had somebody that approached me about uh, trying to get a taxi license, which I was actually surprised. And you cannot get a taxi license in Ireland now. You can only get a taxi license if you're providing uh, for disability service. You can get a, you can get, and, and your car or your vehicle is no more than six years old. We've all talked about this and how do you try and bring this, like if there was a rural Uber service, that somebody that has a clean license, has insurance, that wants to make an extra bit of money, that on a Friday or Saturday night that they can actually be a legal taxi. Something like that has got to be brought in to make rural Ireland uh, so survivable and that businesses survive. Because this is one of the, the biggest things that has really hit rural Ireland. All right, we had first of all the smoking ban we had in 2006, a really heavy, hard drink driving campaign. But this one has been serious. And this one now here going forward, and you see here now in September, that a lot of pubs are just going to be closing up. You mentioned Brexit, and we are not that far from the border with Northern Ireland. What's the major impact of the uncertainty around Brexit? Well, I, th I think that if you're making a business decision that people really on the border here, they're putting off making anything because, you know, they're all hoping here, listen, that England will wake up, that they won't leave Europe, that uh, things will go back to normal. But, I mean, if we have to go through what we went through in, this, in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, that we're back to a border situation again, that if we're going from here, say, Manor Hamilton to Black Lion, Belcou, and that we're having cross-border checks, there's no other way about doing this. They can talk about technology or anything else. We're going to be the main gateway to Europe. You're talking about migration. You're talking about agricultural products back and forth. You're talking about people that are living, say, in Belcou, and they could be working in Sligo or vice versa, and how many border checks and over the border are going to have to be. And, I mean... If, if, there, if this happens in October, we're in a serious situation. But, I mean, we've already seen that there's been a huge decrease of English visitors coming from England because of the rate of sterling. The sterling now is nearly one-on-one, -on -one, which is actually shocking to think. And, I mean, I've seen there the forecast that they reckon that if England keeps going the way they are, that they'll be in a recession before the year is out. So, I mean, that's the, the hypocrisy of what's going on in England. But, I mean, at the same point in time, we have to look at here that it's going to have a major problem and it is on, on border towns. We're already seeing here now that people are going from Manorhong and Vice back down to Neskill and back down to Yaraza shopping because of the, the rate of sterling. But the English visitor isn't coming to Ireland. That's the problem. Isn't that self-inflicted by the 
British on themselves, though. It's totally self-inflicted, and listen, there's no... But, but I'm actually surprised there's Irish people that have talked, and they've been in England 30, 40 years, and they think this Brexit thing is a great thing, that sooner England get out, the better. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's shocking for us to hear to believe, but it's going to be shocking that when an English person wants to go to Spain or they want to go to Portugal, that they get a life or a visa again, that an English person will have to uh, get new passports because they're no longer in the European Union. The English person will have to get a new driver's license because they're no longer a member of the European Union. Look at all the delays and the deadline that's going to put. I mean, they're not ready for this. I don't care, think they are, and it's going to be two or three years or whatever. You know what I mean? You're, you're changing laws. You're changing European laws back into British laws. You're dealing with exporting goods. I mean, they've opened really a can of worms, and they're not going to put their hands up and say, here, listen, we made a mistake. But um, at the same point in time that, um, you know, what does somebody have to do? Get a visa to work like a green card to work in England, like from these other countries. They're going to see there's jobs, there's certain jobs, the more than in America, that uh, the English people won't do or that, that why do you think the Mexicans are doing so many jobs and in America and vice versa. And I mean, the Polish and the Romanians coming into England. And I mean, they are going to see that there's a, a, that there's a problem there in uh, certain specialised industries, especially medicine and things like that, that there actually won't have people to fill these jobs. It's a problem coming down the tracks. I suppose it doesn't affect us in in, in that sense here, but it's, it really does affect the tourism trade across border and also those people who might, as you mentioned, work across border in either direction. Well, the big thing here is that I suppose really tourism wise, we really do depend on English visitors, and we really do depend now in the summertime on Northern Ireland visitors coming up. They're not getting that extra fifteen or twenty cents in the currency changeover so they're not coming and they're not they're not spending they're looking at other countries spain or vice versa plus the weather really this year has been really really bad but plus here too like i mean it was a crazy decision and they were told not to do it and especially what i'm at in the food industry that i mean they put the vat rate up from nine to thirteen and a half percent of the food industry which is totally told not to do in the time the tourism numbers and things were picking up and they had in fairness to them create a speciality product with the Wild Atlantic Way, with the Hidden Heartland, with the Ancient East. And I mean, the tourism numbers and Dublin Airport and everything was was increasing. So I mean, it was total lunacy to do what they did. But will they reverse that? I don't think so. Because now with all the overspend, say, in the Children's Hospital and the broadband and things like that, they will need, but they're going to see now when they do the figures like or whatever, that in certain parts of Ireland, especially in the Northwest, tourism figures are way down and they're not going to have the VAT receipts and they're not going to have the POI preside at the thought. I mentioned at the start of the programme that today's show was sponsored by the Drumcurran Community Family Festival which kicks off on Friday night with Pork Pot's Guide to Walking. It's a play performed and written by Seamus O'Rourke and that takes place in the community centre in Drumcurran with doors opening at 8.15 and the show starting at 9. Tickets must be booked in advance and you can ring Seamus on 087-244-8642. Saturday sees the old fair day in the town all day from 12 noon to 7pm. Ocean FM will be live from 11 to 2, while Stuart Moyles will be providing the entertainment with dancing on the street from 4.30 to 6.30. There'll also be Mobile Farm, there's plenty of stalls, a taste of Leitrim, a rodeo bull, and much, much more. There's so many things happening all through the week, and there are leaflets in all local areas. There's a magic show on Monday evening at 6 o'clock in the Marquee. On Also on Monday evening, a Relive the Dance Hall of the 70s, a live band, Come Dressed, 
wearing your 70s gear. Uh, men, stay away from the hot pants. Seamus Gallagher warned us about that a couple of weeks ago on the What's On Guide. That's on Monday night at 9pm in the Community Centre. There's a fashion show on in the Marquee at 8 on Tuesday evening. While plenty of street events on Wednesday to tickle your fancy. A rodeo bull again, a strongman competition and a ball race where somebody will win €1,000. So make sure you get your entries in for that. Seamus Moore and special guest Olivia Douglas will be playing for a jiving competition for adults and juniors in the marquee from 11 to 1 on Wednesday night. While Adrian Knight, the hypnotist, is back in the marquee at 8.30 on Thursday evening. Friday sees the car treasure hunt followed by Derek Ryan from midnight in the marquee in the GAA centre there in Drumcurran. While Saturday there's bingo, there's a fishing competition, there's a family sports day on Sunday, a sets Cayley in the community centre on Sunday afternoon and the final show of the weekend is in the marquee on Sunday the 25th of August with Michael English and his band. All the information is on their Facebook page. All you have to do is simply search for Drumcurran Festival and if you'd like to get more information the old-fashioned way you can contact them by phone on 086 3699 217 or 087-244-8642. I'm looking forward to going along on Saturday to the old fair day from 12 to 7. Promises to be a fantastic 10 days in Drumcairn. Anyway, let's get back to Phelan and have a little bit more of a look around the town of Manor Hamilton. Let's turn our attention back towards the plan, which is why we're supposed here to chat in the first place. Tell us about the timeline of where we can expect the process and, and implementation of this plan? Well, as I said to you, the last time, um, I suppose this was put in the last time, the same time was the Carrick plan. Um, Banlamore and Manorhampton was put in at that time as well. And what happened was we hadn't a plan in place. So this time now we have the power date in place, so we're hoping to get funding through Minister Rings Department. So it's called RRDF, and it's a Rural Regional Development Fund and um, hopefully the timeline on it is we, our deadline I think was the 6th of August we passed it at 10 o'clock the application was put in at 12 o'clock that was the strict deadlines I think the announcement of this will be October, November that it'll be that fast and the decision will be made that hopefully we, we get this plan after that then it's about really implementing as you said doing that your cost is there going out to tenders or whatever and I suppose really you'll see this work then on the ground if we do get it, I suppose within six or eight months that start talking if there's landowners, if there's any situation like would you have in Carrick and certain areas to get this money spent. There's a time frame on this and that's the biggest thing with um, Minister Ring um, talking to him was that if you get money you have to spend it and if you don't spend it it affects other because when he's going to Pascal Donoghue and looking for money for rural Ireland or whatever he says, sure, here, I've given you money in such and such a fund and you haven't spent it. So that's, so now, so now, it is, our situation is unique, really, because ours ticks the boxes. It's, it, it's about economic development, it's about tourism, it's about heritage, it's about everything else, you know. Now, you mentioned something in there that I want to ask you a little bit more about, as best as you possibly can explain it for us, in, in layman's language, because I don't understand it, is part eight plan permission. What does that mean? Because it's come up a few times in various schemes, in various conversations I've had with people, and I haven't had the, I suppose, the, the opportunity to ask what that actually means. Well, part eight really means is that the council have passed the the, the planning permission on the, on, the, on the local level as a part eight. 
that's really it's just it's just a term i suppose really if you're going back to just to give you an example say the greenway uh part eight would be that you had uh, it passed but now what's happened is you have different levels of say an sac that special areas of conservation where the council used to pass that now that special area conservation if you have environmental problems that has to be going to european legislation and that's played a minefield that if you have a an existing bird, an existing worm, you have some problems or whatever, right? So the part eight used to be done by the council. That means that there's no objections, that it's a six or eight week process and that all the plan and everything is in place and that the decision goes through. There's no objections of listened or whatever and then your plan is in place. But if you haven't planned in place for anything that you go for funding, your application is null and void. In terms of the likelihood of this being granted, what would your own opinion on that be like is this likely to go ahead or is it something that we might have to wait for another few rounds of funding well listen the the, the council um listen our senior executive lar power jogal hooley or our um our director of services have said that here listen and our bernard green our head planner is that we're we're we're, we're ticking the boxes with all this we're, we're in as good a position as any other town in ireland to, to get funding for this so hopefully that um, we will be given the green light on the on this project. I said to you, it's part of its public realm, part of its car parking for to provide for businesses, part of its ticking the boxes here as economic development for jobs. So it ticks all the boxes. Part of it is now, which I'm very interested in, is trying to get funding for Manor Hamilton. It's like a heritage town because of all the heritage towns. We're here in the castle and you see the heritage that we have in Manor Hamilton. So, Hopefully, things like that is to get footfall in. Now we have accommodation in Manor Hamilton, and it's to get footfall. As you said to me, Breffney, is you haven't been down to this part, so whatever, and you did, never knew that Manor Hamilton was named after a castle here. So, well, I mean, well, I knew it was na- obviously named after a manor house of some sort, but I didn't know it still existed. Ooh. And I'm only from half an hour down the road, yeah. and I don't know whether that's a failing on my part for looking for the information, or a failing maybe on historically in terms of, of that information being circulated to everybody in the county and i think that's changing slightly now well i suppose really there's listen we're all guilty here we wouldn't know what happened in south leitrim either and i suppose really it's until you're playing gaelic matches and you're going up south leitrim and you're going to football venues and you're seeing and you're you're going through small towns villages all over the county leitrim is such a dispersed county and it's such a long county right there is several people that don't go to either side right and it's football matches and social events that people do but i suppose really here is that the history that we have as the heritage town, the Star Fort, the family graveyard, what we have to offer. I suppose that frustration part is here is, listen, Leitrim's only starting to get its act together for tourism in the last 15 or 20 years. We knew we had potential for us to get its market. And if you look at the likes of Kerry, these places, they've been expertise at this for 150 years. That's how far we are behind. Like I've seen a programme in Kerry, and it was about how they identified the railway line back 130, 140 years as bring potential to bring people down there. So, I mean, that's the potential that we have. We have to get the word out there that Leitrim is open. It has happened with Carrick. It has happened with Shambo, with Shambo Gin. And now we've got to get the word out with Sean McDermott here. One of the signatures in 1960. We might, we might have a connection here to Beat O'Rourke that's running in the presidential elections. So as to get the uh, word out that here, North Leitrim, Leitrim in general is open, and to get to identify that people here listen what we have to offer through the whole county and it's not just as a whole county it's a region if you take from sligo to Nisgillen, it's a region if you take yates and sligo and you take 
um, here at Hamilton's Castle on this side in Glencar Waterfall and you take in the other end the Marble Arch Caves and you take in between then you have a ring of mines the amount of visitors that are that are that are going to these locations and it's identified there that no more than um, if you're planning a few days in this area what you can do and that's about working together and teaming up and that's why I created the five glens wild atlantic walk and the and the loop years ago that um it would identify in a leaflet and put the whole information out there for visitors to do their own thing and um Hopefully, we will see that, that, listen, we all know here, footfall, towns, tourism. You're asking me, how does, how does business survive? Businesses or anything else only survives on, you're only as good as your last meal. Um, you're only as good as your last service. You create jobs by footfall, by tourism. And I still firmly believe that we really haven't achieved our potential in Leitrim. Seeing as you've outed me now as someone who wasn't quite up on my uh, my local historical knowledge up to maybe a couple of months ago, probably six to eight months ago when I actually realised that there was a castle here in Manor Hamilton. Uh, we're actually on the premises here today. We're upstairs in the cafe having this conversation. How important is this project and this castle to the town of Manor Hamilton? Well, I suppose really um, we're together as a community group and we took over the castle here from the Daly family who very generously uh, give us a lease in the castle here and we went for funding they couldn't get funding because there was a private ownership so we set up a community group we got funding out of that we created the they had the cafe was here but we had to spend a lot of money on it and and, and get it back and open again we identified this castle project as why do you come to manor hamlet as a tourism project for the town out of that here last week there was a, a walk here just the weekend for stop that they met here, the cyclists are meeting here. We have five electric bikes that we're still trying to get them up and going with insurance reasons or whatever, right? That you can rent a bike here from the castle. We have a coffee shop here that opens here at nine o'clock in the morning and provides great breakfast. We have here as a meeting place. And I was trying to get footfall into this, into, into the castle here and to identify that that was one of our strong points. Now this coffee shop was closed for about eight or nine years until we took it over so we're up and going roughly two years it's a very very important part of our history in Manhattan as I said you about our heritage you take the castle here Hamilton everybody knows like he was a notorious um, villain as they say like I mean probably we were outside there he hung two or three hundred people and um, he went in he torched Ligo town he torched Ballymote he was the fifth cousin of the, of the king of England and he ended up penniless back in England who really knows the whole history of this is the, the heritage, sorry, the um, historical society in Manor Hamilton, especially Margaret Connolly. If you get a tour by Margaret Connolly, you will never forget the history that she can, that she can give, and it's, and it's un unbelievable. We have Heritage Week coming up here now, and uh, there will be a walk going here from the castle and, and give you the whole history of the town. We have a virtual reality thing that we're trying to set up. There's one of the ones, first ones in Ireland that will be appealing to visitors when you see it on an app on your phone. And uh, Hamilton coming back to life and talking to you. Um, Manor Hamilton here at this is the castle. It's a meeting place, it's a starting point. Um, we have the Leitrim Glen cycle that's coming this weekend or whatever, trying to get cyclists in. We have hopefully a, a marathon starting again in, in September in the town here. So it's just to, to, and now we have accommodation, which we never had. So it's just now to get people to experience Manor Hamilton 
that you have a nightlife, that there's good pubs, good restaurants, and that people would come, visit, and spend money and learn the history of the town. And we're right bang, as we said, in the middle of Sligo and Eskillen. We're right 20, 30 minutes away from top-class golf courses, fish and things like that. So we have a lot to offer. The last thing I want to talk to you about, and we have mentioned it before when we had you on the show a couple of weeks ago, is the Greenway. What is the current situation with that? current situation is that we couldn't get the funding through the last uh, round of funding because it was for shovel-ready greenways. We hope now that through Leitrim County Council's own resources are coming together with the likes of Sligo and Cavan that they put in some of their own resources into this, that they actually design the route, have the route designed, have the planning process in place, that we won't be told no more than that anymore is hairless and you're not shovel-ready. Because part of that process was, the last round of funding was, for that 40 million, which is very frustrating to us, is that uh, you had to be shovel-ready. We weren't shovel-ready. We've got turned down twice in that through Interreg in this last batch of funding. And we're hoping now that the Sligo County Council, the Leitrim County Council leading it, Cavan County Council, with the cross-border element with Arlene Foster, really getting involved and really back in the project, that in 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 a skill and for mana that they will spend their own resources design that's coming up with a route whether you go to Belcoo route whether you go to Marable Arch Cave and it's the offerings that you have in the whole selected 70 kilometers what you can do on the route that has to be down to accommodation scenery restaurants coffee shops what visitors can do on the actual route and when it is when it and I firmly believe it will be done when it is done it will be as good as any cycleway that's down in Kerry or anywhere else. Yeah, it will really open up North Leitrim. Realistically, you're looking at a route from Sligo <coughs> that will either go via Glencar or Drumahair. No, it'll be it'll be going Sligo through um, Colooney, Ballantour, the old technically railway lines, or, or, or around that way, maybe the Sligo way, and then Drumahair, Manorham, Glenfarn, Black Lion, into either Belcou or the Marble Arch Caves into Niskillen. So it, it would open up Drumahair, Glenfern yeah, and Manham. Yeah, because it, the, the idea of this is that you're just not cycling by these towns, that you're able to actually come into the, the actual towns or whatever and part of it. And that's the idea as well, that it's safe or whatever. I suppose really, listen, with climate change and everything else, we have to start looking and, uh, you know, is the road safe for people to cycle on and design kind of that. So listen... We have demonstration stretch in Drumahair. We have one starting in Manorhampton that will be five kilometres very, very shortly. We have the one in Glenfern. It's to link something up maybe in Black Lion back to Glenfern. Then to get them to do a demonstration stretch maybe in in, in or whatever for Mana and on the Sligo side as well. But it's about all these ones now really buying into this and the council's buying into this and seeing the potential of this. And, listen, we're very, very lucky here now at the minute that our new CEO, Lara Power, was involved in the in the Waterford Greenway. So, listen, the economic study was done on this. Um, this time last year, our Greenway was dead in the water. The economic study said that the whole project was viable, the 70 kilometres, viable for a spend of 28 to 30 million. What jobs it would create, what benefits it would do for the county, Sligo Leitrim, Cavan from Manor. The other part of this is too is, I suppose, really we're all frustrated here is that when we look at development and regional development or whatever, we see the East Coast compared to the West Coast, that we're really being left behind in infrastructure and everything else. And, listen, that's the failure of that is not having ministers at the tables, that's the bottom line, and not having representation like that. So, hopefully, down the road, that we will have 
ministerial position. Hopefully, somebody slightly will lead from can get to that stage again, and that uh, we will be looked at. And this project will proceed because we're sick of being told no, 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 no. Uh, I think that's a valid point. But the only thing I'll say is that we did have a Taoiseach from the west coast for the best part of a decade or more. So. It doesn't really hold complete water, but I do hear where you're coming from in terms well, of the local it does, representation. It does. If you have Galway, you have Mayo, you have, like I keep saying here, which is it's just crazy, like you have the West of Ireland airport, right? And we keep asking this question, how come there's not transatlantic flights? You ask hoteliers or whatever, and especially the McNiff group, and uh, Brian McNiff has said this several times, like his bottom line is his visitors come to Dublin. Then he has to turn around and he has to bust them down from Dublin to Donegal or to other hotels. That if there was American flights going into, and it's not an easy situation to get, but if there was American flights, you'd probably, I've talked about this several times, if there was only one flight a week, one flight a month, a transatlantic flight from Boston to New York, look at the spend that that would be economically for the areas. You say, why? Right, Waterford Airport was after getting five million of funding, which were told by the civil servants not to give. Minister Ross give it. That is the extend the greenway. We have the West of Ireland Airport that is able to take a 747, that is able to take Air Force One, and yet we can't get American flights in here. All right, it's down to competition. It's down to maybe bonds. But surely to God, it's worth looking at the economic spend, what it would be. Now, if you look at the east and the west coast, Okay, there's more visitors on the on the east coast. But if you look at Galway as a destination, a huge destination. You look at Mayo, Westport is a huge destination. You look at all right, Sligo is coming through, and so is Leitrim. They're only on the up and up, and Donegal is huge with people all over the world. Surely to God, them five counties have surely the same impact as like Waterford or anywhere else, and that's going to a different level. And we've got to have here. Listen that they look at this. We're not asking them to have the hindsight of Monsignor Morden build the airport. We're asking them to just try and get American flights into it. It's not an easy thing to get. But we're not asking he had the vision 30 odd years ago, 35 years ago, to build the airport. And he's seen the potential of it. And you've been in now the airport and so have I, the West of Ireland airport, our Knock airport. And if we didn't have that, we'd be still going to Dublin or we'd still going to Belfast. That's the potential. That's the potential that we have we haven't just achieved it yet absolutely well Phil and that's all we have time for this week thank you very much for giving us a bit of a status update on where Manor Hamilton is and I think the future does look bright between the Castle project the potential Greenway project but most especially uh, this new development project for Manor Hamilton thank you Brefley and hopefully we'll have good news in October November so that folks is all we have time for today Today's show was brought to you uh, in association with and sponsored by the Drumcurran Community Family Festival, which runs from this Friday, the 16th of August, to Sunday week, the 25th of August. All the information is on their Facebook page. Just simply look for Drumcurran Festival and you will find all the information. But Derek Ryan is going to be there. Michael English is going to be there. The Old Fair Day is going to attract a fair bit of attention and plenty more besides. I hope you enjoy the next 10 days in Drumcurran, but I'll be back tomorrow with a look at what else is on around the county, as well as talking to Seamus Gallagher about everything that's happening in Drumcurran. Uh, we'll also be looking at Balnamore and uh, plenty of other things happening around the entire county. Talk to you tomorrow.